0: You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah.
1: Today, we are going to talk about meal planning and grocery shopping. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby?
0: I have been trying out furoshiki, which Mm. is a Japanese style of cloth wrapping. I've probably talked about on the pod before that I, for Christmas, have sewed wrapping gift bags out of Christmas fabric. Mm-hmm. But what my sister-in-law does are these beautiful, specially folded cloth wrappings that are inspired by traditions from Japan. Okay. And so I got really excited about that in advance of Plum's birthday. And because I'm an overbuyer, I had tons of fabric already <laughs> in my closet <laughs> Perfect, that I could just use. I sewed some up, which was just hemming the fabric or sewing them in double layers for the thinner fabric and wrap them up. It's like you could do it with a cloth napkin or you could do it with a bandana and you just wrap it up and tie it. And it's awesome. It looks beautiful. I posted a picture on her Instagram that people may have seen and Plum loves it. And she already likes to pretend to wrap presents in things Mm. like... Cloth wipes and cloth diapers. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just a beautiful extension of what she was already doing. So she was really into it too.
1: Nice. That is a level up for what my family does, which is put presents in pillowcases. I will have to think about how I could, even still using the pillowcases, make it look more beautiful in its presentation mm. than our current situation.
0: And there are some great infographics, and video tutorials about the actual wrapping. So I stayed pretty Mm -hmm. basic with mine, but I bet you could find some stuff to spice up your pillowcase wrapping style. (laughs) Even
1: the most basic would be an improvement, I think, (laughs) over just putting it in the inside and setting it down somewhere. So something to aspire to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you, Sarah?
1: I wanted to talk about how much I am enjoying going to local theater productions with Neil. When we first moved to Bloomington, we got season tickets to a community theater here and have been doing it ever since. This is our third season. And whenever I go to a play, I'm just so grateful that we're doing it and able to do it. It's really fun for us to have these scheduled date nights Mm -hmm. because we're not very good at planning those on a regular basis. And Mm -hmm. because we pay up front, it just feels like all the work is done for us and we just show up there. I really enjoy live theater. It's so different from the media I'm consuming on a daily basis. Totally. And I love feeling part of our community and supporting something that's happening in our community. It just feels like a win-win.
0: That sounds awesome. It's inspiring to me to think about how I could do that on a more regular basis. Mm
1: -hmm. And the one here has a discount if you're under 35, so Mm. I'm enjoying that while it lasts. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So maybe there's something like that in your area.
0: I will look into it for sure.
1: Let's share something that we've been reading. What is your latest book?
0: I just finished listening to Royally Screwed by Emma Chase. This was a recommendation from a listener of ours, Katie. I emailed her to tell her how much I love this book, but want to thank her <laughs> in person on the pod as well, Katie. This was a game changer. I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so this book is a romance novel in the vein of the royal we. Olivia the Commoner meets Prince Nicholas. Hot saxon sues, And there's an eventual happily ever after. <laughs> As I already said, I loved everything about it. <laughs> it was everything I love in a romance. It was also an awesome audiobook, Mm. so the chapters alternate perspectives, Mm -hmm. and there is a male British reader and a female American reader Mm -hmm. that are embodying these characters, which just heightened the experience for me.
1: Interesting, because romance isn't what I would gravitate to in audiobook form.
0: Yeah. And I think had I been listening to it out loud ever and not just in headphones, it could have gotten awkward. (laughs) But because it was always just in my head, it was just fine. Perfect. I would 100% recommend this for fans of romance, fans of royal fan fiction type literature. (laughs) And I will say the audiobook got me taking long walks and ignoring my kid to finish it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have already requested it at our library and it is on order. So it should be coming my
0: way soon. Ooh, I'm so excited to hear what you think about it. What have you been reading, Sarah?
1: I just finished the book How to Stop Time by Matt Haig, and I heard about this one because it is the Winter Girl Next Door book club read. Oh, nice. So by the time our episode airs, I think theirs will have already aired. So if Mm -hmm. you want a more in-depth discussion, if you've already read it, you can head over there. It is a novel that follows Tom, who was born in 1581, but he has a condition where he ages slower than most of humanity. Once he hits puberty... It takes 15 years for his body to age one normal human year.
0: That sounds like torture. Like 15 <laughs> yes. years of puberty? That sounds horrible.
1: No, 15 years just being age 13 and then yeah. 15 years just being age 14. So it's nope. even longer than that. It's Don't like centuries ever of puberty.
0: <laughs> experience anything close to that.
1: Yes. It switches between the present day and flashbacks as we learn more about his past and his interactions with the Albatross Society, which is a group of people who have this same condition.
0: (laughs) Those poor people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I loved the premise. I thought it was really interesting and not something that I would have ever come up with in my own head. Totally. It deals with time in this different way than I've seen before in a novel because he's seeing and experiencing multiple lifetimes. But he still has to live forwards. He's not ever going back in time mm. or able to redo anything or have a different perspective as he's living it, hmm. which seems like even more torture, right? As you've touched on. In terms of what I didn't like, I felt like there were a few too many coincidences with him meeting famous people. <laughs> I think even if I lived for millennium, (laughs) I likely wouldn't run into the movers and shakers of the times in each generation. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's a novel and that just makes it more interesting and engaging. Mm -hmm. But it took me a little bit out of it because I thought he's still just a regular person, even though he's experiencing time differently. Yeah. I would recommend it, though. It drew me in and made me think, but it was still a really easy, engaging read. Nice. Let's move into our main segment for today, which is meal planning and grocery shopping. We have to do it. We don't have to like it. (laughs) Tell me more about which end of the like, love, hate spectrum you fall on.
0: I feel fine about meal planning. I like to be in charge of what we're eating, so feel good about that. And grocery shopping is usually fine too, but I definitely do not love either one of those. Mm -hmm. What about you? I
1: feel neutral to negative. I don't hate it. And sometimes I can get to the point of medium enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it's just one of the things that I have to get through. Right. I find it really challenging to come up with seven meals at a time when I'm actually creating the meal plan. So that always feels a little stressful. And I don't have a great system for that. But like you, I want to be in control of what we're eating, which (laughs) makes it, Hard for me to share this task and sets me up to feel frustrated with the situation. Mm -hmm. What is your regular routine around meal planning?
0: I usually am thinking about meal planning through the weekend and then make my list and do the grocery shopping on Monday morning with Plum in Toe because that is not a day that she has preschool. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing that, I try to take into consideration what I know is on sale at the co op and our other nearby grocery store. As well as what we've had recently so that I don't do repeats and what the weather will be like in the coming weeks. So I don't want to be eating something cold if it's going to be cold outside. I want to be eating something cozy. Mm -hmm. I also usually know about my work deadlines by Monday. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm laying out my meal plan, I try and think about when I'm likely to have the energy to prepare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So bigger, fancier meals, which to be honest, I don't do very often anyway. (laughs) <laughs> maybe twice a week at the most. I try not to put them on a night that I also have a deadline because then it just feels like I'm working the whole day at something rather than mm-hmm. getting the downtime that I need and is more likely to lead to resentment. Yes, I can see that. What does your routine around meal planning look like? As I'd
1: mentioned on A Recent Life Lately, I am trying to do the grocery shopping on Fridays to move it out of our weekend to-do list. Right which means I'm trying to write out the list on Thursday and get everything ready to go so Mm. that after I drop the kids off at school on Friday, it's already in the direction toward the grocery stores and that I can head straight there. And if I come back home, it's just not as efficient. (laughs) Time gets away from me.
0: (laughs) Also, I think when you're home, it's easy to talk yourself out of that it's a good idea Mm -hmm. to go back out again.
1: Yes. The weeks where I've been successful about making it happen right after school have just felt like a really good energy and Mm. very productive. And like I still have a lot of the day left. Because one of the things I find frustrating about grocery shopping is it takes a good chunk of time to do it. Sure. And since it's not my favorite, I don't feel happy about my day disappearing into that. So while I would like to write the list on Thursday and have everything ready to go... Unsurprisingly, I'm often making the list over breakfast on Friday,
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: and that seems to work just fine. Like you, I try and think about what sounds delicious and how much work each meal is. I think this has gotten a lot better for me over recent months, partly because I think my whole attitude around food has changed, and I have Mm. less expectations for myself about what type of meals my family's going to eat. And before, I think I did these really aspirational meal plans where... Everything required lots of chopping. Everything had tons of vegetables and was quote unquote healthy. Mm -hmm. Where now I think, oh, I just want to eat mac and cheese this night and we'll have some chopped up carrots on the side. And don't put that pressure on myself to be meeting a certain standard and to just say, this is what our family enjoys eating and we're going to eat it.
0: Sounds way more manageable. It is, yes.
1: (laughs) So with that, I try and include two or three things that are just very easy to throw together, so I can pick those on days that feel overwhelming for whatever reason. And if I don't do a good job planning those meals in, then I end up having a meal planning fail. (laughs) (laughs) Just last week, all the meals seemed too involved, and I didn't want to make any of them on Tuesday. (laughs) So we just ordered a pizza, which is fine, but I think that could have been avoided if I had been more honest with myself when I was making the meal plan about what I actually wanted to eat and cook. Yeah. This goes right along with that idea. How strictly do you stick to a meal plan once
0: you've created it? I think like you've been saying, the more realistic the meal plan and the more I consider what days are going to feel stressful and what days are going to feel like too much, Mm -hmm. the better I do. But I am not strict about sticking to the plan at all, which is probably not a surprise to anyone who's been listening to this show. (laughs) Routines and plans, especially if I'm the one who makes them, I have no problem throwing them out the window. (laughs) So I very often will switch around the days or, like you said, ditch something more complicated for an easy thing. What about you?
1: Same. Agree with everything you said. (laughs) When I'm feeling on top of my life, I stick to it more strictly, though I never assign meals to certain days. Oh. So that never feels like an abandonment of some plan. I just write out seven meals, and then that day I say, well, what do I feel like eating or cooking, Mm. and Mm -hmm. pick the one that sounds best to me. So there's a lot of flexibility built into the plan, which makes it easier to follow. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Since I am better now about not creating aspirational meal plans, it feels like everything around the implementation of the meal plan is easier. Nice. What about the grocery shopping side of it? What does that look like for you?
0: We get the bulk of our groceries at our food co-op and then follow up with things that are cheaper or maybe less wholesome from Harris Mm -hmm. Teeter. For instance, (laughs) the co-op does not carry Doritos. (laughs) And if we need those, we go to Harris Teeter for those. I love that they're both really close to each other and close to our house. So we can do a big loop of grocery shopping, Mm -hmm. Plum and I, with her in the stroller or even with her walking and putting the groceries in the stroller Mm. because she's gotten much better at walking, though sometimes that breaks down and I have to bribe Mm -hmm. her with the free cookie from Harris Teeter, Mm -hmm. but there's no shame in that game. So (laughs) (laughs) I like that I know both of the stores really well and don't have to hunt for things even yes. when I go to a different Harris Teeter somewhere else closer to where I am out and about, I feel annoyed that things are in a different location. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I really like the routine of doing the grocery shopping in the same place every time.
1: I feel similarly. I think knowing a grocery store really well takes my irritation level about the task way down. Totally. Because if I'm going to a new store, it can't be on autopilot in any way. Mm-mm. And there's so much going to the wrong place, trying to find it. I feel like half the time in the store is spent just figuring out where I need to be.
0: Yeah, it makes it take so much longer. Yes.
1: And I feel that in general with the Kroger versus our co-op, we do most of our shopping at the co-op and then, like you, buy a certain subset of things at the Kroger. Mm -hmm. And now I am more familiar with Kroger, so I do feel like I know where the things are that I want. But Mm -hmm. just it being a physically bigger store also feels more overwhelming and overstimulating where the co-op is such a smaller space. And that makes me enjoy being in the co-op a little bit more, even though we regularly shop at both places. Another thing I love about our co-op is that they make it really easy to bring your own containers, Mm. which is something we like to do for bulk purchases. Nice. How do you feel about the division of responsibility that you and Andrew have currently? re-meal planning and grocery shopping.
0: So as I said already, I really like being in charge of what we're having. And because I am home the bulk of the time, I think it makes a lot of sense for me both to do the planning and to do the cooking. I feel good about that being a contribution that I'm making to our family. Mm-hmm. I also often, on the nights when Andrew is home, so for instance when I'm teaching yoga, I build in a meal that I know he knows how to cook. Mm-hmm. And so he is in charge of that that night. That's a helpful division of responsibility. It's not like I have to get home from yoga and then cook something. Right. And if we waited for him to come home to cook dinner, it just wouldn't happen in any quick amount of time. Right. That's a logistic necessity, but one that I feel fine about. Right. That might
1: lead to frustration if you're hungry and waiting for him to prepare something after he
0: gets home from work. It <laughs> undoubtedly would lead to frustration. <laughs> I also feel good about including Plum in it. hmm That's something that it's nice for her to see me doing the work of the house, because I think a lot of stuff gets missed, like while she's napping or while she's at preschool is what I'm doing, Mm. some house stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I appreciate engaging her in that, and I appreciate her being part of it. Sometimes she helps me think about what we're going to eat when I'm making the list and gets to weigh in and have her input. And so that's good, too. I could see a sort of shift in this eventually if I am working outside the house more, but I feel good about where we are now. Good. What about you?
1: I mostly feel good about where we are, that I like being in control. And it's also a bit of a cyclical issue where because I've been doing more of the grocery shopping in recent years, I know more about what's a good price for something and when they're just advertising it when it's really not a deal. And How to get the most for our money at both of the stores that we shop at, Mm -hmm. which is something that if we were trading off more regularly, Neil would acquire that knowledge base as well. Mm -hmm. But right now, it rests with me.
0: And it's a good contribution for you to be making in addition to the work of the planning and the cooking. Mm -hmm. That financial contribution is nice too. Right. Right.
1: We used to have a more even balance of who did the grocery shopping. I've always wanted to plan the meals because I'm so particular about what we eat, Mm -hmm. where Neil is not. But in the earlier years of parenting, it really felt like a break for whatever parent got to go grocery shopping because we usually did that solo while the Mm. other person stayed home with either baby HP or both kids. Yeah. So things were divided in a much different way than they are now, where Mm -hmm. especially while Neil has been so busy at work, it's made much more sense for that to get taken care of during the week so we can have a much more restful and relaxing weekend. But it is something I think will change in the future and that I'd like to see go back to being a little more back and forth where on the one hand, it's nice to have all that knowledge, but it would be less pressure on me if that knowledge was shared. Totally. And while I do the big grocery shopping trip every week, both grocery stores are directly on Neil's ride home after work. And so at least once, if not twice a week, he'll be making a stop to pick up something that we need, which is a huge help because it feels very irritating to me to go to the grocery store outside of the weekly shop.
0: Absolutely. And Andrew does that for us too, because the same thing both stores are on the way home. And so if I've forgotten something or if we need more of something than anticipated, he's always up to grab it.
1: Yep. We've talked a little bit about this already, but what is your plan for when the meal plan falls apart? Do you have favorite quick dinners or favorite takeout options?
0: Our go-to quick dinners and guaranteed crowd pleasers are frozen pizza, grilled cheese, lentil quesadillas, and breakfast tacos. And I would say we rotate through those pretty regularly, all of them. I do often build at least a couple of those in Mm -hmm. to the meal plan. Sometimes I throw in a frozen vegetable on the side if I am really stepping it up (laughs) meal-wise, but sometimes you just get your grilled cheese a la carte.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My kids really love frozen corn, that they like to eat the frozen vegetable with no preparation needed, which makes it very easy to serve.
0: Straight frozen. (laughs) We don't get much takeout during the week because I feel like I'm bad at coordinating the timing on that in order to maintain the evening routine, mm-hmm. that even takeout requires forethought that sometimes I just can't manage. <laughs>
1: yes, and time. I feel like it takes a lot of time to figure out what everybody's going to want and then place the order that I could have made grilled cheese in the time it takes to even plan out what you want.
0: Absolutely. So Andrew is usually home at 6 And Plum is in bed by 7.15 or 7.30, so we do dinner and bedtime routine in that hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And so if dinner's not ready then, then it just gets pushed back. Then we get less adult time or work time, and I feel annoyed. So grilled cheese is where it's at. What are your easy favorites?
1: We love bean quesadillas, egg sandwiches, and grilled cheese. Although, as I've mentioned before, even grilled cheese feels like a little bit too much work sometimes, so... (laughs) quesadillas and egg sandwiches are more often in the rotation. We'll sometimes order pizza like we did last week, but lately that's been feeling less satisfying to me than it used to.
0: Mm. I'll
1: be thinking that it's going to be this really big treat and that I'm so looking forward to it, and then I'll eat it and think, eh, that was fine. Though our kids disagree, and they're always very excited when we have pizza. And when I make homemade pizza, they tell me it's not as good.
0: Which that may be true.
1: What about the parts of the system that seem to be working particularly well for you right now?
0: The Monday morning shop is going great. It's an activity to do with Plum. It kills a whole morning. If she is walking and not riding in the stroller, she gets really Mm. tired, which means she's more likely to nap, which thumbs up for that. (laughs) (laughs) And this is good because generally I don't have work deadlines on Monday, so I'm not needing to be close to home to go back and forth with an editor or anything. I'm also... Just in general, appreciating feeling well enough to meal plan and shop mm. and eat. Yes. Since I didn't in my early pregnancy. So, just some gratitude to the universe for that. <laughs> What's working well in your routine?
1: Being more honest with myself about what I want to eat and cook. I'm not sure why it took me so long to figure that out, but it did. And I'm happy to have discovered it and to have aligned our meal plans with our lives in a way that seems to be working all around. Nice. Another thing that's working is that last month I made freezer burritos for lunches when Mm. we do have one of those easy dinners that doesn't create leftovers, which has eliminated the eating out for lunch after having an easy dinner problem that I think I talked about on the pod sometime last year.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good future planning thing.
1: Yes. When we can get it together to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) On the flip side... Are there any parts of your meal planning, grocery shopping routine that you want to change or improve? Any meal planning aspirations?
0: As discussed in the budgeting episode, I think we could be a little bit more economical with food, especially because I tend to buy a lot of what I want. Mm Mm-hmm. And what looks good, especially if I go hungry to the grocery store. So Monday morning helps with that. You know, if I have eaten a good breakfast, it's usually okay. But sometimes if plum has been a little uncooperative or I'm feeling especially hungry, I buy more things (laughs) then. Yes. So I think I could always do better with that. And along these lines, I could incorporate a pantry or freezer meal per week to use up food that we already have. Because I'm an overbuyer and it's just hanging around. The other thing that I am anticipating but don't have any ideas about yet is figuring out a system that works once we have our second kid here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what that will look like, both the logistics of the planning, but then also eventually incorporating another eater Mm -hmm. and just seeing how that goes. Yeah. What about you?
1: I've been thinking more about how to incorporate our kids so that they become competent in the kitchen and in the world of food in general. Mm -hmm. Both kids already love to help out in the kitchen, and they have regularly been a part of the grocery shopping experience. HP has even wanted to write out grocery lists sometimes when he thinks of things that we need or writing out the meal plans and then crossing them out as we do them throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. So both kids already love to help out, and that's happening organically, but as they get older and have more skills and independence, I'd like to be even more intentional about cultivating that. Nice. I think that's a good spot to end our conversation about meal planning and grocery shopping, but we would love to hear from listeners, especially if you have any great tips or tricks of ways to make this easier, since it's something we all have to do every week. Yeah. (laughs) Let's continue the conversation about food and share something we've been eating lately. I have another Budget Bites recipe. (laughs) (laughs) This one is vegan red beans and rice. And this one has actually been in our life for many years. I found this recipe back when we lived in Austin, but then had stopped making it for whatever reason, the way meals sometimes fall in and out of your rotation, Mm -hmm. and came back to it this winter and Love it. (laughs) It makes a really big batch and is something I enjoy the leftovers of, which for me, I'm very particular about what I want to eat the next day. Mm. And it's nice to have a meal that everyone in the family is excited about eating again. It's one pound of dried red beans and then broth, onions, celery, and green pepper chopped, Mm -hmm. and then lots of spices. I think it's thyme, oregano, paprika, and bay leaf. Mm. Once all that cooks, I use the immersion blender to blend it about halfway up so there's still chunks of beans, but then it gets a very creamy texture. Mm. And then you just ladle that on over rice. I serve it with our homemade yogurt and green onions.
0: Yeah. What have you been eating? So my very involved dinner that I made this week was a mixed bag. Beef was on sale at our co-op. And so I got stir fry beef, Mm -hmm. which I was excited about making beef with broccoli. We really like that for takeout. I feel like I've never made it successfully at home. I struggle, I think, getting Asian flavors right. Yes. As a home cook, it's tricky. But this recipe was 100% a win. It's from Once Upon a Chef. It's pretty complex in terms of the ingredients, but was fairly easy to execute in the time. Okay. So once you have everything ready to go then you'll probably get a pretty good outcome. So the beef with broccoli was very yum. It was a hit with everyone in my family, including Plum, who loves broccoli. I also made Pinch of Yum's 15-minute lo mein to go with it. And it may have been a fail on my part because I think I made too many noodles for the amount of sauce that she recommends. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up a little bland, and I had to sort of doctor it up quick, quick, Mm -hmm. once it was already made, and I tasted it, and I thought, That doesn't taste that good. (laughs) So it may not be a fault of the recipe. It may be more my fault. Mm -hmm. But it was as quick as promised. Rather than chopping up all the vegetables that she recommends, I just bought a bag of broccoli slaw, which is like the broccoli shreds Mm -hmm. and carrot shreds and cabbage shreds, and put that in instead. That was really good. I think another thing that might have helped with flavor is doing the veggies as she recommends to do them because I think Mm. that broccoli slaw is probably a little bit blander than like the red peppers and mushrooms and stuff Mm. that is in her original recipe. But we'll link to both of them so people can try them for themselves. The beef with broccoli is definitely going to come back in our house. Mm -hmm. And I think I can figure out the lo mein so that it goes well. Yeah. I'll link to another lo mein
1: recipe that we've tried in recent weeks. Mm. Also from Budget Bites. No surprise there. And in this recipe, it's called salad bar lo mein because the idea Mm. is you just go to the salad bar and get the veggies from there, and then there's this really quick sauce and noodles. So it's actually planning for zero chopping and something that you can just throw together really quickly.
0: I'm here for that. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great chatting with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners.
1: You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram, at friendlierpodcast, or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly.
1: That's the question I'm answering. Sure. I don't know if you have something to say about that. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll freestyle it. Okay. I'm great at podcasting, so it should be good. I mean, it's the same thing I feel about all of it. I want to be in control, but I also want it to be equitable. So can't really win. I don't know. (laughs) You should say something like that. Okay.